Hey friends, if you are a hairstylist and you are thinking that your next steps in your career are to open up a salon, but you're not for sure exactly where to start, and you're not even for sure what ownership would be like for you. Maybe you have the perfect salon design in mind, but you're missing the business strategies to make it grow. I wanna invite you to the Salon Business Masterclass. In this class, I'm gonna show you a faster direction to gain clarity, eliminate fear and overwhelm so that you can turn your dream salon into a reality. This is going to be a live class virtually April 12th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's only $17 and I'm so excited. If you are a hairstylist thinking about opening up a salon, don't wait, register today. The link is in the show notes and I'll see you there. There's something for me that's very satisfying when I can figure it out on my own, right? There's that satisfaction, like no one handed it to me. No one told me how to do it. I figured it out on my own. And I really believe like that is the most satisfying thing you can have really in life and especially in your business, right? I can give you all of the answers. I can tell you exactly how to do it, but unless you like want to do it yourself, like it's just, it's not going to work and you're not going to be as happy and you're only going to get so far because at some point you're going to come to a roadblock and then you're going to try and call me and I'm going, I don't know. I don't know how to do it either. Right. You got to just figure it out. Hey friends, I'm Jennifer and you're listening to the beauty business game changer podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career. If you're feeling stuck and you want more out of this industry, then join me as I share with you my strategies, lessons I've learned along the way and how I overcame fear by shifting my mindset to build a healthy business. I built a solid book behind the chair, launched a bridal company, became a salon suite owner to most recently opening up a salon. As creative entrepreneurs, we need an education that empowers us and makes an impact on helping us raise our standards. My mission is to teach you how you can reach your goals quickly, build your books and your business faster, and master the framework for creating a successful and rewarding career. Thank you for joining me. Let's do this. Welcome to your Game Changer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, I cannot wait to introduce to you my special guest today. She is a spa owner, an esthetician, owner of Glow Skin Care, a product developer, a podcast host, editor-in-chief, magazine, Skin in the City. This girl boss babe is one to follow and hear all about her experience. She is an open book in the industry and she has a wealth of knowledge and hustle. Welcome to the podcast, Casey Boom. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of the podcast today because you know, I've been following you in your podcast, your, your Instagram page is just amazing. And I'm like, I need to talk to this girl. I need to know everything about her business and all of her ideas. And it's so fun to talk to other business owners, especially somebody like you who has her hands in a lot of different pots. So let's kind of start from the beginning. And I'd love to hear how you even got started into the beauty industry. Um, so I started right out of high school. I actually graduated high school semester early because I just knew I didn't want to be there and I wanted to be out in the real world. Um, I used to dance. I was on the dance team in high school and I was doing a lot of makeup, like a lot of stage makeup. I put, you know, I was putting all the fake eyelashes on myself and all the girls would line up and I'd put on all the fake eyelashes because I was just kind of naturally good at it and always loved everything beauty. Um, so I thought I wanted to be a makeup artist, went to some, take some makeup classes here in California and decided to try and, you know, pursue my career in makeup, which here in LA is very, very competitive. So I thought, well, I should go to school. I couldn't wrap my brain around that makeup artist didn't need a license, right? Cause it's like, 
hairstylists, you need Cosmo, estheticians, you need esthetician license, right? I couldn't wrap my brain around. So I was like, I'm going to go to esthetician school just so it looks good on my resume, but I don't really want to do skincare. Cut to me graduating esthetician school. I literally never did makeup again. Like now I'd rather pay someone <laughs> to do my own makeup and just totally fell head over heels in love with skincare. So started doing that at 18 worked for a different couple, couple different people from like a day spa. Then I worked in a medical spa. And then about five years into my career, when I was 23, decided to go off on my own and open glow skincare. Oh my gosh. To be 23 and like have the, I guess the confidence to open up your own business. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I love this industry, how like you can go during high school and such a young age to you know, graduate high school and have your license to do something. I, that's just amazing to me. What gave you the confidence to like go at 23 years old to start your own business? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's like a little bit of both. I think I have my parents to thank for that because my parents always were so supportive in whatever I wanted to do and really just encouraged me. Like, if you want something, go out there and get it. I'm lucky enough that like my dad owns his own business. So I saw that growing up and kind of idolized my dad and said, you know, at a very young age, you know, they taught me how to, you know, if I wanted something, I was going to go out there and like have to make money to buy it. Like, I remember even at eight years old, like them telling me like, you got to go wash the cars. Like if you want that Barbie. So, you know, they put me to work, but that, I feel like that also built my confidence, right? So I go wash the cars, then I got that Barbie. It's like, well, what else can I do to get more things, right? So that was my like initial, you know, inspiration and encouragement. And again, my parents just always encouraged me to do what I wanted to do. And I kind of just stayed in my own lane. I never paid attention too much to what other people doing. I feel like most of my friends were like going off to college and like partying. And I was just ready to kind of be an adult, maybe probably too fast if I'm being totally honest. So maybe it was like a little bit of like blind, uh, like confidence, like, <laughs> right. Like I'm 23. I don't really know what the real world is, but I was like ready to like, I just wanted to learn. Yeah. Um, and at the time it's like, you know, I'd gone through a few difficult things in my life. Um, I'd had a, a boyfriend that was very close to me pass away at a young age. And for me, that just kind of changed everything. It was like, you know what? Like now is the time, right? And at 23, I didn't have a family or kids or like a mortgage to pay. It was just me and my cheap little apartment. And I was like, you know what? I'm willing to risk everything to pursue my dream. And I'm lucky enough to be sitting here 10 years later and I'm still doing it. So it's, it's crazy. Wow. I'm sorry to hear about your, your boyfriend. I think any, any time that you experience something like that, it just, it changes you forever. It does. You know, at the time, at the time when he passed, I was 21. It was absolutely devastating. Um, and it did change my life forever. But now I can look back at it, you know, 12 years later and go, it changed me for the best. Like it, it was devastating but it pushed me to do things that I might have not done yeah we, we now your business has probably evolved so much since you first started um wh what was your what was your business like when you first started and um yeah what was it like so when I first started, I was, I decided, you know, I just wanted to rent a room in someone else's salon and spot, right? I feel like that's like the first natural progression if you're kind of going out on your own, right? Most people aren't going to just go balls to the wall and yeah. open a huge like salon right away. Yeah. That was, a, of course, my end goal, but it's like, okay, I want to go work in someone else's place, but have my own little room and see if I can do this. Um, but I loved working in the salon environment because I was in a room in the back, all the hairstylists are in the front and I wound up, you know, becoming friends with all the stylists, um, sitting out there and kind of playing receptionist when I didn't have clients. And that's how I kind of started building my own clientele. So about a year and a half into renting a room, I'd actually hired another esthetician friend of mine to work in my room when I wasn't there because I was already getting so busy and thought, you know, I loved the salon that I was working at, but there was things that I wanted more control over, like the way it looked and how it was represented. So 
again, me being crazy or confident or both at 24, I'm like, you know what? I want my own place. I've done, I've done enough. I want full control. I want it to look a certain way. I want it to be presented a certain way, you know? So at 24, then I decided to open up my own full salon and spa. Yeah. I think that, you know, you have to start somewhere and you have to gain that momentum. And I think I love I love, especially in the very beginning uh, as an esthetician, um, to be in that environment where you can cross promote with other people. You know, I think that's such a great way to build your book of business as opposed to trying to go from school directly into trying to operate your own business. There's so much more to learn. And the fact that you caught, you caught that momentum and then was able to like, did you say that you rented out that room or you, you hired somebody to help you? I rented out the room and I hired someone probably like a year in, um, yeah. but I totally a hundred percent agree with you. Like, I love those girls that are like straight out of school that want to go work for themselves, but I highly, highly, highly recommend like go get some real world experience, like hands-on with clients. Like you, you just need to be out there. You know, like I said, I was doing it for five years before I even took that step to rent. And I'm so grateful that I did because even those five years, I still didn't know what I was doing as far as like business. I was finally just getting the confidence, you know, as, you know, an esthetician in the treatment room. Right. So one thing at a time. Yeah. Now just to kind of like reflect back because I'm a hairstylist. So you know, the spa is not necessarily my first language, even though I love it. Um, Tell me like, what is your perspective of like the spa versus the salon? Cause I feel like sometimes there's just that disconnection where it's like, we don't exactly relate, but yet we love each other. Totally. totally. (laughs) I mean, I, before I went to institution school, I'd actually worked in a hair salon. And like you said, yeah, we do like, we definitely speak different languages, but like kind of the same language, you know? And I feel like all the things that we're doing, right. We're, we're trying to build a clientele. We're trying to give like great services. Like I just always tried to like relate to that as far as like the other hairstylists. And for me, like that's, it's perfect cross promoting, right. Because I don't know about, I'm just, I'm sure you guys are like hairstylists are the same way. Like when my clients come to me, they want to know who's doing my hair, who's doing my Botox, who's doing my, like all the things. Right. So when I was working in that area, it was so easy to just go, Oh, Hey, gr- go to my girlfriend who's doing my hair. She's right out there. And then vice versa. I was doing all of the girls facials that were hairstyle facials. So they were sending me a ton of clients. It was like, to me, it's like perfect, like match made in heaven. Yeah, I love that. So what is, once you left, you opened up your own business, did you have um, employees? What did your business look like right away? Right away, I was, you know, I, again, was lucky enough that I had a couple esthetician friends that I said, hey, I'm opening my own place. Would you be interested in renting a room from me? Because the place that I started with had four rooms. So I needed to fill those rooms. And I wasn't ready to have full on employees yet. I just felt like renters versus employees are like two different things, right? I feel like with a renter, you know, you don't have as much control, but you're also letting them run their own business. And it's just like more of like, you're just like the landlord, you know, you might have a few extra rules in there. So for me, that was like the perfect place to start. Plus it was helping me pay the rent on this expensive place that honestly I couldn't afford on my own, which was again, probably stupid because I would never at this point in my career tell anybody to like open up a place if you can't afford it on your own. But again, at the time 24, I'd make the jump. I have all these girls come rent for me and it was, it was great. Uh, I eventually did hire like a receptionist and that's when the first time I hired my sister, Haley, who Haley now works for me again. She's worked for me multiple times, um, but I hired her to do like spray tans and laundry and reception just to get like a little bit of help. Yeah. Um, Did you have any challenges with your renters? Like, I think that, you know, for somebody who hasn't experienced what it's like to be that landlord, you know, legally, you know, I think that there's a lot of fear that's around that of, you know, is it just, is it going to lose the quality of your brand? Do you have completely different target markets? Like, 
what is this going to look like? Can we, can we coexist together? Right. I mean, for a long time, it was great. Like it was okay to coexist because I did my best to make it clear what I was representing as Glow and also what I was expecting from them. I was having them sign a contract. It wasn't a super complicated contract, but just something simple. Like, because you, you, I did run into things where it's like, you know, there's that girl coming in in her sweatpants and there's that, you know, someone, you know, maybe not being super loud because in the spa world, like, you know, it can't be super loud. So yeah, it, it definitely took me going through a few people to find someone who somewhat aligns with glow skincare, but is still running their separate business. So it, it can be complicated, but I, I always recommend like, just be clear with the person that you're looking to rent and what you expect, right? Communication is key. Uh, so I did the renter thing for a long time, but at one point in my own career and the way that Glow was growing, I was like, you know what? I want full control of who's coming in and out of my spa as far as clients, who's coming in and out of my spa as far as, you know, the, the service providers, I just wanted more control over everything. So I would say probably, you know, 10 years into my career, I think about five years into owning Glow, I started letting go of the renters and started bringing on employees. And then did you train those employees too? Yeah. Yeah. So I always like to bring on kind of like fresh newbies straight out of school and like help mold. Yeah. And like help like mold them. Right. It's like, they're fresh, they're new, they're excited. You know, they're like a sponge just ready to learn. So I would always typically uh, lean towards someone fresh out of school who I could, you know, teach everything from how to open the salon to how to greet clients to how to set up their room how to make their bed because I'm a freak about the bed I'm sure hairstylists have things that they're freaks about too right but like we just have we have our things I'm um, TV, so my staff knows <laughs> they know and and then you know the facial protocols but also giving them that freedom to learn and experiment and have fun so yeah um, that was also super rewarding to like help my employees grow their own clientele because I had done it so many times. I, I love the fact too, when starting out your business, you, you know, made that decision to get those renters in, to just get the ball rolling, whether it was building up your confidence of like, I know what I'm doing. I've got this and, and financially I can handle it too, because I think that, yeah, I think the worst thing that we can do is get ourselves in a fixed cost super high expense that just puts puts so much unnecessary pressure um and i i love right now my business has aligned with a different brand so uh like independent contractors and we have several of them on my bridal team and it's all about finding people that like you're different but yet we align and i think that it can create a beautiful relationship to to help your business get to where you want it to go if you're not if you don't fully have your team yet so i love the fact that at such a young age that you you saw that yeah i mean i did it <laughs> yeah i mean i think you nailed it because you know when i was building um when i was looking for renters you know I'm not good at everything, right? No one's good at everything. And I think that's the first thing about like being a business owner is like, you need to know that you're not good at everything and find people that are good at other things or that complement the services that you're offering. So for me, I'm the facial girl. That's always been my thing. So it's like, I brought in a lash artist, right? And then I brought in a really good waxer. And then I brought in a really great like microblader because, you know, everything complements each other. Um, instead of just being like, I need a whole bunch of facialists or thinking like, I don't want to have another facialist because that's going to take away from my clientele because there's that mindset too, which I don't agree with because I always had other estheticians who were doing facials um, that were renting from me and it, it only built up my entire business. It never took away from me or my clientele. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, it, I always say for a hairstylist, like we need to find what is our specialty? What is our niche? What sets us apart so we can market ourselves a certain way? So we stand out in a saturated market. Um, in addition, you know, just so where can we focus our education at? You know, like, I don't know, are you big on educating yourself and 
taking lots of, I'm sure you are, because you educate a whole bunch of people. Huge. It, it is key in this industry, right? Whether you're a hairstylist, whether you're a lash artist, whether you're esthetician, like it is key to continue your education. Like it is a must, especially if you want longevity in this business. I can say from being in this industry for 15 years, like you got to keep up with the trends. I mean, for example, like when I started, there wasn't, first off, there wasn't social media when I started as an esthetician. And, you know, there wasn't even things like, I don't know if you were familiar with like, like a hydrofacial, right? That wasn't even a thing at that point, you know? So you have to keep up. I'm sure, you know, it's the same thing. There's so many different like formulas and products and things are just like advancing and always getting better. So you got to keep up. Yeah. How long did it take then from like you transitioning from renters to having a full on staff that you've trained and your sister's there? So from, and I moved, it's like, I'm trying to think, it's like I moved studios a few times. I think I was in my big studio with all my renters for like three or four years. At the top of my renting game, I had 13 renters. It was a lot. That is a lot of people to manage, I'm sure you know. And I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. I had some crazy stuff happen with my studio where the landlord sold the building I was in and they basically said, you have to get out or we're going to double your rent. So I wound up finding a space that was smaller. So I kind of almost like was forced into letting go a lot of the renters. And that's when I started, um, you know, letting go of the renters and bringing on employees. So like maybe four years into owning Glow. Did that feel like it was stepping back or did that feel like you're still progressing in the right direction that you wanted to go? It was a little bit of both. I, you know, I was sad to leave this big, beautiful space that I had grown and built up and made a name for myself. And I, it was hard to let go of the renters because, you know, I, this is a business but at the end of the day, like people still take it personally. I do my best to not, but you know, it's hard. Um, and there was a moment where I felt like, am I like downsizing? Am I downgrading my business? But after getting in there, there was such a huge relief of the responsibility of 13 renters. And I had, at the time it was like, I had two renters and two employees. And I was like, okay, this is good. And that's also the time when I decided to dive super deep into social media, into Instagram, and into really growing my business in a whole new way. Um, because before then, I really didn't even have like the time or energy to even think about that because I'm juggling 13 people. <laughs> yeah. And I think, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but like I'm trying to think back of when when I started to do Instagram and getting into Facebook, you know, cause it's not like it's been around our whole life. Right. That uh, was probably what, uh, 2014. Yeah. I think Instagram came on the scene like 2013, 2014. Yeah. It was like, oh. what is this? Oh, okay. So I don't have to go to the mall now to pass out my cards. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but it's, I think I started focusing. Okay. What, what year are we in 2021? I started focusing about three, four years ago, like hard onto Instagram, you know, but yeah, but, but it's a great thing. Yeah. You don't have to pass out your business card as much anymore. <laughs> I still make my staff go out and go to local yeah. businesses and pass out cards. I'm like, you know, you just because we have that access now to social media does not mean that one-on-one um, -on -one interaction is off the table. Like that should be still number one, because I think that, you know, we do get, we pull in a lot of traffic from Facebook and Instagram, but like nothing beats those networking community events um, to meet people, you know, it's just, you, you get that no like and trust factor even faster in person. Totally, I mean, I agree a hundred percent that one-on-one -on -one, like personal in, in-person connection is that is everything, it is everything. And I think too, like, um, I, I think it can be very challenging at first when, when you're not, if you're only used to social media to have that, like passing up your card to somebody like physically is just like, Oh, this feels so awkward. <laughs> it does. It does. But it's so important to still have that like personal connection. Cause guess what? We're service providers. And when your client comes in, you're going to need to know how to talk to them. So think yeah. of it as like practice. Yeah. I'm sure too. You just look at people and you're like, I just want to massage your face and do a facial. <laughs> For sure. I do the same thing with people's hair. Yeah. So tell me, okay, so now 
you're in this new, new space, two renters, two employees, you can breathe now and refocus. When, what happened next? Was product launching? What, what happened here? I started growing my Instagram just to see what the heck, okay, what is, what is really Instagram? Like, what can it do for my business? Because I'll backtrack just a tiny bit. I, I moved into this new space. I got engaged and I moved into this new space literally in the same weekend. And I feel like I got slapped in the face and in the best way. And my whole life changed again. Okay. So my husband and I get married. We go on this amazing honeymoon. It was my dream to go to Australia. We go to Australia. It's like, yay, dream come true. I come back to the business. Oh, and I'm while I'm in Australia, I'm posting, I'm sharing our vacation. People are saying, I love watching you guys. And I have this like moment where I'm like, instead of putting my energy into like sharing my vacation, which don't get me wrong, it's fabulous. What if I start sharing myself and my business? to grow my own clientele and to grow my employees clientele. So I get back from Australia. And like I said, I dive deep and go hard on Instagram and I just start sharing. I just start posting. I hire a photographer to do some new pictures for like kind of like a little rebranding moment. And I just start talking about my services. I start talking about myself. I start talking about the knowledge that I have and things just start to grow on Instagram. I'm like, okay, this is taking off. I invite some influencers in. For example, I invited the skinny confidential. I don't know if you follow her and know who she is. Right. I'm like, everybody knows her. Everyone knows Lauren. I was lucky enough. I invited Lauren in for a facial. She came in, she tagged me, she posted me, everything blew up. I couldn't, like my books were exploding. My other estheticians books were exploding, like things were going. And that's when, again, I had that moment. I was selling a bunch of retail too. In my past, I didn't like selling retail because I don't, I don't like sales, but now I actually love sales. Um, <laughs> it's like, could be a whole other story. So <laughs> I'm selling products everything's just flowing. And again, I have another moment where I'm like, I need my own product. I've been looking for my own product for years, but nothing like was inspiring me. I saw other girls doing shirts and candles and like their own skincare line, but nothing was like really speaking to me. And one day after spin class, I came home, my face is beat red and I had this cold roller. So it's a roller, you put it in the freezer and I was rolling it on my face. And between the hot of the spin class and the cold of this cold roller, like my skin looked insane. Like it was just glowing because if you don't know hot and cold, it can oxygenate the skin and it just gives you that extra glow. So I'm looking at this cold roller and I'm like, everybody needs one of these. And then for a business branding moment, I'm like, well, I could put my name on this and hand it out to everyone, right? So it's a, it's a tool that everyone can use. It's easy to use and it has my logo on it. So that's where my first product came in, which is the Glow Skincare Cold Roller. I started with, I ordered 50 cold rollers, which at the time was like, oh, okay, I'm spending, I don't know, it was like a couple hundred dollars. I'm ordering 50. I hope they sell. And they sold and then I ordered 300 and then I ordered a thousand and then it just like, it just kept going. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that. And, and I hope people hear too, like, this is not an overnight success. Like this has been years in the making of like everything that has happened for you and your life and different transitions and pivots has caused these inspiration ideas to come to you. And I imagine, you know, at the time of creating them, like what was, you know, what, was there any type of fear in your mind? Was there any type of like talk of, you know? Yeah, I mean, scared? <laughs> so much fear, so scared. So like, I don't know what I'm doing so much. I'm sure you, like a lot of your listeners can understand like that imposter syndrome, like what the heck am I doing? Right. I don't know how to create a product, but I'm just figuring it out. Right. Like I said, I ordered those 50 cold rollers and I didn't know what I was doing. And the packaging was awful and it didn't even have my logo. And I was like trying to put a sticker on it and I'm like, this is not working. You know what I mean? Cause I was just, I was just figuring it out along the way. And I was like, if I can sell these 
then we'll, we'll just kind of keep going. But it was terrifying. Sometimes it's felt like embarrassing. I'm like, oh, do you want this cold roller with like a sticker on it? And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, um, <laughs> but I just kept going and they, for some reason, kept selling. Um, but so much fear along the way, I literally did not know what I was doing, but I just figured it out. <laughs> and what's, yeah, what's been the, the motivation behind all of that? Like, was there, was there anything that, you know, this hustle, this motivation, like, why? What's your why? I think I have to go back to my parents and that Barbie that like, I really wanted that Barbie at eight years old. And my dad said like, you have to do something to get it. And then just like that feeling, like that satisfaction of like working hard and then like getting what you want and then working hard and like getting it again. I would also say, you know, I, you know, like I said, I graduated high school six months early and not because I'm like super smart. I actually have a learning dis disability. I'm dyslexic. So I actually had a really hard time in school. So there's something for me that's very satisfying when I can figure it out on my own, right? There's that satisfaction. Like no one handed it to me. No one told me how to do it. I figured it out on my own. And I really believe like that is the most satisfying thing you can have really in life and especially in your business, right? I can give you all of the answers. I can tell you exactly how to do it, but unless you like want to do it yourself, like it's just, it's not going to work and you're not going to be as happy. And you're only going to get so far because at some point you're going to come to a roadblock and then you're going to try and call me and I'm going, I don't know. I don't know how to do it either. Right. You got to just figure it out. I love that. Are you, you're, uh, you get satisfaction from achievement. Yes. I'm a, I'm a three as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. So, so many amazing things. So, okay. So your first product, mm -hmm. uh, your cold roller, yes. it, it now is a huge success. Huge. It is now. I mean, there's like a whole thing around it. I mean, you, you gotta be a glow skincare cold roller queen. Um, you know, we started selling like retail, like to the consumer. And then while I was growing my Instagram, I started getting this very large following of other estheticians, other beauty professionals. And then all of a sudden, uh, these estheticians wanted to buy my cold rollers wholesale. So now all of a sudden I'm selling to my clients, I'm selling the cold rollers online and I'm having this business to business business. And that's where it really took off because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not making as much money on each cold roller, but my name is getting out there further, right? These other estheticians are buying my glow skincare cold rollers. They're selling them their clients. They can use them in the treatment room. It's great to retail. And it just, it just, it just took off because I kept talking about it. And then it's like, I have all these other essence talking about it for me. Um, and now we're at the point we are um, in all 50 states and we're in 20 different countries, which blows my mind. I'm like, who is watching me in 20 different countries with this cold roller? But it is so amazing. That is incredible. I love that. Um, as you were developing that, and expanding this, it's taking off. It's, it's gone way further than probably you've ever imagined. What were some of the obstacles that you faced at launching this and getting it out there? I would say the hardest thing was number one, like getting the product to look the way that I wanted it to. And more importantly, the packaging, like I'm not even kidding you. I probably just perfected my packaging a couple months ago and I probably want to redo it again. And that's been, <laughs> that's been like three years, you know, of making these products. So that was definitely a challenge. Um, cause I just always wanted to make it better. And then there is always that thing in your mind. Well, it's like, well, I feel bad that I keep changing the product, but number one, like no one noticed that much. And number two, like every time I improve the packaging, people liked it more, but there was problems like, okay, the cold roller comes, it came in like a plastic bag in a box, but then when we ship the box, the boxes are getting bent and the cold rollers are getting beat up. So then I have to think, okay, can we put it in like a bubble wrap bag and then a thicker box? And then we wrap it, double box it, right? Like all these things, again, that you don't think about until you're doing it. So we definitely had issues with like, you know, the 
the packaging also as far as like shipping. So Haley, my sister, who is, I hired her. I was like, she's going to be like the wholesale queen. She's going to be doing the customer service with these other estheticians and she's going to be shipping them out. Uh, we can't, we couldn't even like in the beginning, it's like, well, if they're ordering 10, 15, 20, 50 cold rollers, what kind of like box do we ship them in? I mean, it's all those silly things, like I said, that you never think about. It's like, well, you need the right size. And if it's not the right size, then you need packaging. And how are we going to ship it? So I would say those were definitely some challenges. Again, Haley's like a queen at it now. And I don't even think about it. And now we're at the point where we've actually outsourced most of our shipping. We have, we actually have a warehouse in Chicago um, where we're shipping yeah, so where we're shipping most of our products out. So, but again, that was years into creating our own product. We just pulled the trigger on that, and that was a whole other scary moment to have. I, I love that. Well, where where there's uh, there's no growth where you're comfortable, right? It's so true. It's so true. Like I just stay uncomfortable now, which it's like sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> you know but then once you do it and like you see the product in your hand or like you know you hear your podcast you go okay I got this I can keep going now earlier you mentioned about how you weren't really big into selling retail because you, you had maybe this false narrative around sales but now like that's all that's all you do like you, you sell yourself you sell your brand all your products then what was there any like pivotal moment or anything that happened that caused that shift in in sales I think it was a few things I mean for the longest time I just had this thing in my mind like when you think of like sales you think of like that pushy car salesman right and I'm like oh I just I hate that so that means I hate sales but what I realized is as an esthetician after working in the treatment room 10-15 years at the time I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not, yes, I'm selling them a product. I'm selling them a service, but they came to me, like they're looking for help. I am here to help. And if that means I'm showing you the product, that's going to be the best thing for your skin. That's going to help you on your own journey. Right. So it's, I literally just totally changed my mindset. It's all about helping people. Um, and not only has that helped a lot of other people, but that's helped me learn how to sell. And instead of feeling like, oh, why am I talking about myself? Right. Why am I talking about this product? It's like, I'm here to help and serve you. Right. I think, I don't know how you feel like as a hairstylist, but I'd say for me as an esthetician, like I got into this industry because I love people and I want to help them. I want the, them to feel better. I want their skin to look better. Right. Like we like to help. Yeah. And, and I think too, it's, it's a disservice to that guest experience if we're not talking about it with them, you know, because they're going to be purchasing tools and products somewhere. You right. know, this will be in-house. Exactly. Because you're the professional, you know what they need instead of like them going to Sephora and buying something that probably isn't that great and they don't know how to use it. Now, retail in the salon and probably in the esthetician world, it's changed a lot. I mean, we're seeing a lot of like online shopping, especially when our businesses were closed. Yeah. Uh, and that probably was such a godsend for you out, being out in California because you guys were shut down for a, a, a necessary long time. <laughs> it's insane. And supposedly we're still shut down. I don't know. It changes on the day. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> you guys are still shut down? I don't know. It depends. Like I've talked to some people and they say like, we're not supposed to be working, but I'm like, you know what? I'm doing my own thing now. Like I can't, I can't worry. So who knows? Good Lord. It's, it's out of our control it is. Think that, you know, you know, God has put that in your life though, of, of uh, being an innovator uh, and creator of products. How many products do you have now that is the, the glow uh, skincare brand? So the Glow Skincare brand has a cold roller, has a mini cold roller. We've got the headband and washcloth that says wash your face, which is super cute. And then we've got our serious about our serums bag. And then the most popular product that we have is our glow towels that are currently patent pending. Yes. So it's so brilliant. Like who'd have thought like this is, this should be the shape of the towel. <laughs> Hello. Right. I mean, so this towel 
it covers the face, the neck, and the decollete with one easy to use towel. Because if you've gotten a facial, you know they're putting a towel on your face and they're putting a towel on your chest. So I created a towel that easily wraps around the face and covers all those areas. So you're saving time, you're saving laundry, which we all need to save time on laundry, right? And you're saving money because you're not using as many towels. Right. Um, and they're really, really soft. So that's come become our like main product. I love that. And you guys have um, a membership on that. Yes. So we have a subscription. So I didn't, if you're an esthetician, then, you know, you go through like a ton of towels. So if you, you buy them in bulk and then you have three fresh towels delivered to your door every single month with the subscription. That is incredible. I love that. Um, can you kind of tell a little bit about your magazine because you got all these amazing products and then how, I don't even know how do you have time to, to launch a magazine I don't know I really don't know sometimes I'm like what again I'm like what am I doing but I'm always looking for something fun and creative to like you know dig into um the magazine started as just like an idea of like a small brochure <laughs> and somehow turned into a full-blown magazine um Haley, my, again, my sister, we were, I write a lot of blogs and articles and she helps me come up with names and like cute phrases. And she said, skin and the city. And I said, oh my God, that's so cute. Like we need to use that for something, but not just a blog. Like it needs to be something bigger than just a blog. And so somehow it turned into this like whole magazine skin in the city. So yes, there's other like skincare and beauty magazines out there, but I feel like there's been this like white space. We, we I wanted something that was like fun and beautiful to read. Think like the cosmopolitan of skincare and beauty. Love it. Uh, right? And so it's like, I was already creating a bunch of content for Instagram and I'm already talking to a lot of really cool people in the industry. And so many people are always asking me, you know, how to further their education and what do you think about this product and what do you think about that? And I said, well, why don't I just throw it all into a magazine so it's all in one place? And that's how Skin in the City became. And then of course, on top of that, I'm like, I like to talk. And I was like, let's do a podcast with the magazine. So it's kind of all comes together. I love, okay, so the magazine started first and then you guys launched the podcast? We actually decided to launch it together, but the, the, it started, the idea started with the magazine and then it's like, well, let's throw a podcast in there too. <laughs> I love that. Are you on Clubhouse too? You know what? I am on Clubhouse and I'm supposed to be on there like in a couple of weeks, but I haven't been like on a talk yet. I feel like because I have my hands in so many things with my own business, for me to like wrap my brain around one more social media platform right now is like hurting my head. But I do have someone that invited me on. So I'll be on there, I guess, in a couple of weeks. Oh, I will say I, I absolutely love podcasting and meeting people like you and, and just like hearing everybody's story. But Clubhouse is so cool because it's like that interactive podcast. So it's like you can bring people on stage and have conversations with them and, and uh, they can just either pick your brain. And I think, and I'm sure you know this too, like when you hear people asking questions about skincare, it just perks different ideas, right? It's like, oh, well, maybe I should invent a magazine or I should invent this product, right? Like yeah, yeah. questions coming <laughs> because it's given us ideas. For sure. Well, I'm so curious that you, you've had so much success, so, so many great um, learning experiences. Like what would your advice be if someone is wanting to start, um, start a, uh, a brand, a product? A product, a brand and a product. I mean, I'd say, you know, I always tell people and this sounds so silly, but like make a list, make a list of like what you like, what you really want. Right. And then you make a pro and con for like each one of those things. I think people get in their mind that if they're going to start a brand or like start a product that it has to be absolutely perfect when they launch it. But let me tell you that it's, it's so unrealistic. And if you have that in your mind, you're probably never going to start because it's, it's never going to be perfect, right? You can get it good. And again, that's like the beauty of 
having a brand or having a business and having a product is the evolution of it, right? You, your brand isn't going to stay the same forever. So don't harp on the perfect logo. Don't harp on the perfect, perfect product. If you're really passionate about something, launch it and then continue to change and adjust as your life changes and adjusts, right? We don't stay in the same place. Yeah. Done is better than perfect which is very hard for somebody who's a perfectionist, right? <laughs> so it's so hard. And sometimes I still obsess over things, but I'm like, you know what? You just got to put it out there and then you tweak it along the way. Yeah. And also too, like you're probably a completely different person today than the person that you were the first day that you launched the cold roller, right? Yes. I mean, I'm you, a totally different person. If you could go back, to that time that you launched the, the roller? Like, yeah. what would you tell yourself? I tell myself to be a little bit more patient. <laughs> I tell myself to ask even more questions, right? Cause I kind of like blindedly ordered these rollers, not even thinking about like packaging or how to ship them, right? I would have said like, do even more research but at the same time i'd say like go girl like just go and do it and talk about it and share it and be proud of it and like know you'll get to where you want to be or maybe even further mm, i love that uh for your magazine how how does somebody get their hands on that so right now the magazine is it's on it's a, a membership so oh. you become a skin in the city member for $2.99 a month. You can also listen to the podcast for free. Um, but if you want the magazine, it is a quarterly magazine. So we have a winter, spring, summer, fall. We're currently working on spring right now. The winter magazine is out. Um, we are blessed enough that we actually sold out of our print magazine, but you can still get the digital magazine. So like I said, it's $2.99 a month for the membership. You're getting the four digital magazines. You're also going to be getting um, exclusive content, merchandise, and then we're also do a special code for Skin in the City members. So they're getting um, a discount on all our products at all times on top of other um, on top of other discounts. So sign up for the membership if you're interested in reading the digital magazine. And then once the spring uh, issue launches, then you'll be able to purchase the print if you're a member at a discounted rate as well. I love that you're bringing some of the print back because like that was like some of my highlights at least getting like the hair magazines like I used to love looking at like modern salon and um, I think there was only like one um, esthetician magazine right yeah there's not there's honestly there's not very many and that's another reason I'm like we need like more resources you know and like for estheticians like a lot of our stuff was very like clinical feeling right and like I feel like when you think of esthetician you think like clinical but like I'm I like color and I like fun and like it should be like a fun and creative thing so why not have the magazine look like that and yes who doesn't love to like sit down and like read a physical magazine. Like there's something, at least for me, that just feels like nostalgic and special. Like when I was like a teenager flipping through Cosmo. I love it. Yeah, if I, I have like one magazine on my desk and I'm like, someday I'll, I'll open that and read it. <laughs> Being a business owner, sometimes you just don't have a lot of time. No, you do not. So you're such a, a visionary. I'm, I'm kind of curious and I'm wondering if you can share like, what is next for you? you? You've got this magazine, you've got all these products. You Are you, and you're still doing facials and serving your clients. I am very few clients these days, especially after COVID and the shutdowns. I just do it because I'm passionate about it. And I love, like, I literally see like two clients a week because I love to keep my hands in it. Um, but what's next? Let's see. I've got a couple, I've got a... <laughs> Speaking of like all the branding and stuff, I'm fully rebranding. We're doing an entirely new website that's going to be out in a few weeks that I'm very excited about. Just like a little, you know, I feel like since I started at 18 and now I'm 33, like the business and the brand has to grow up with me. So we're going for more clean, modern, chic. I've got a couple new products and packages that'll be launching in a couple weeks. Um, I'm also working on some training videos. So for estheticians, they can literally watch 
my facial, which sounds silly, but there's no really like physical, like hands on, like how, like literally a step-by-step of my secrets, right? Because a lot of us don't like to share our secrets, but I'm ready to like share it with the world so I can, we can lift up the community as a whole. So those are just a few of the things that I'm working on right now. That is incredible. And I love the fact that you're creating some videos and educational content because like as a hairstylist for my estheticians, I'm like limited, you know, I'll help you all about the business, but I'm like, I know what a good facial feels like, but I don't know how to do it. So to have somebody like yourself, an expert and have them watch that would just be a game changer for so many people. And I think that having that virtual education now accessible to the industry is just so important and education can't stop you know um you know hearing all of the uh, great things that you're doing I would love um to see you uh write a book okay I'll add that to my list I would like to write a book too I need to (laughs) the thing I'll have to figure out but I would love to write I would love to I would need some major help though I could definitely picture that with all the amazing things that you were, are doing and you love to write, you know, I definitely could see that in the future for you. Um, any, any um, advice that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, any, anything for motivation or inspiration? I mean, you're just such a wealth of, of knowledge and, and wealth of experience. I think that a lot of people look towards you and to you, uh, of what you're doing. And I think that a lot of people see what you're doing. They're like, I want that. Yeah. So what's some, something to help somebody get started? Well, first off, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say, I would just say, you know, be patient, put one foot in front of the other. Right. It's, you know, I hate all these cliche things, right. It's like, it's a, you, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It is a marathon if you want to do this all, but you can do it. And I, what I always like to tell people is like, have fun. If you're not, I mean, look, sometimes I want to pull my hair out and scream and cry and throw up. Believe me, that's just part of being a business owner, right? And being an entrepreneur. But if you aren't having fun, then like you're not, don't do it, right? If it doesn't feel good at the end of the day, if you aren't loving it, if you aren't passionate about it, then find something that you are passionate about it and don't do it just because I'm making it look glamorous because it's not as glamorous as it looks. And don't do it just because you see on social media that other people are doing it. I really say, follow your passion, follow your heart, be open to creating and innovating your own things because the more that you stay in your own lane, and like get out the outside noise, the more amazing things I think you can come up with. Oh, that is gold. I <laughs> love that. That is amazing. Um, Casey, tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, I'll make sure to put any links in our show notes, but where would you love our listeners to seek you out? If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Glow Skin Carolay. My magazine and podcast is skin.andthe.city. Um, you can also go to my website, glowskincarolay.com, and you can listen to my podcast anywhere podcasts are found. It's Skin and the City. Love it. Thank you so much, Casey, for being a part of the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. If you love to keep track of your favorite shows, then subscribe to this podcast to receive the newest edition when it's released. This podcast was created with you in mind, so I'd love to get your review to learn how this podcast has helped you in your career. And because I love my listeners and want to connect more, join me in our free Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash salon and suite business. My mission is to help beauty professionals like you create a career that supports the life you want to live. Thank you for being a part of the journey.